This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. How many of us can say that as a child, we had a particular dream of what we wanted to do when we grew up and then actually achieved it? Well, my guest today fulfilled that dream for more than a decade, only to discover within herself there was yet another dream. She felt called to do more with her life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live Your Best Life with Liz Broner. I'm Liz, and my guest today is Michelle Soro. And Michelle and I have a lot in common, starting with having had successful careers on television and then pivoting to follow another dream. Michelle, welcome to my podcast. Hi, Liz. Thank you for the intro, and it's such a thrill to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you, and many people may recognize your name from having been a retail host on Deal Drop on Extra TV and also on QVC in the Home Shopping Network. You were hugely successful there, selling more than $220 million worth of products. What did you love about that work? Oh my gosh, I was just having this conversation last night with one of my longtime friends who was there in the moment when I was making the big decision of whether or not to leave Los Angeles and move to Florida to work at the Home Shopping Network. And I literally said to her in that moment over 12 years ago, have I lost it? Is this like the end of it that I'm considering (laughs) doing TV retail and moving to Florida? And we were talking about this last night and she was like, I think it's an incredible opportunity. Go for it. She was that fire that I needed as that affirmation to move forward. And so what I loved about the job is, for me, it was an experience that couldn't be replaced. I mean, over 4,000 hours of learning how to sell anything and everything live. So you learn how Mm -hmm. to truly connect with the viewer, you know, attune to what they need, what they want to hear. It took all that pressure off of sales, which was such a gift that I didn't know, of course, then what that would lead to and how it would help me build my (laughs) own business. And then just being unafraid of the camera, that didn't happen right away. I wasn't myself. You can probably relate. Mm -hmm. The veil lifted probably (laughs) 18 months in. But when it lifted and I was just me, I remember the exact moment it happened. And I just thought, wow, this is a priceless education. And they're paying me for it. So there were a lot of things (laughs) that I loved about it. So much fun. Your dream of being on TV began as a little girl. Where did that dream come from? Oh, gosh, you've done your homework. You know, I remember being about five years old and saying to my mother in the kitchen, I want to be on TV. And looking back now, and especially my sort of awakening moment four years ago, when that was no longer my little, my dream. I mean, just to be very candid, it was a dream that would guarantee I mattered, that I was Mm. worthy, that I was significant. Look at me, I'm on TV, I'm important. And while it was a thrill and an honor to be in that position for as long as I was, something shifted and I realized as an adult woman looking back, like, wow, that was a five-year-old little girl dream. I matter regardless of being on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Like my life is, is worthy of just who I am. You know, it doesn't matter that I'm on a national platform and working next to celebrities and things like that. But I had to find my way to that truth and that realization. You've often talked about the fact that even with all this success, 
you felt something was missing. What was missing for you in that career that you had to go search for? It was the one-on-one connection, a deep sense of knowing that I have made some sort of a difference. You Mm -hmm. know, when you're on TV, you're speaking to the cameras. And as much as you can attune to the customer, which is my world, or the viewer, and try to spread as much love, which I would always come on to set with like, how can I just spread even more joy right now to the whole crew and everyone watching? I just didn't have this ultimate sense of fulfillment that I was in my dharma, doing my purpose and making an imprint in a way that could be palpable where I could help someone awake to their own potential. Selling products was great. I have a lot of honor and respect for the entrepreneurs behind the brands and the solutions that they have to fix, you know, household problems. But I just knew there was more and I wanted to go deeper because I was waking up to a deeper sense mm-hmm. of meaning for myself. And then it was like, no going back. I couldn't pretend that I didn't hear that call. Many people have asked me, and I'm sure people have asked you this question, if I was afraid to leave television. I was in it for 30 years. You were in it for 10 plus years. Yes, I I definitely was scared. But I think for anyone, whether it's leaving TV or any other industry, leaving after being successful can be and often is scary. Were you afraid? And if so, of what? And how did you deal with those fears? When I was leaving HSN after three years, and interestingly enough, before I went, I told my agent and all the people that I was close with, this is going to be like a master's degree in live television sales. I'm going to go for about three years and I'll be back. And then we'll see what comes as a result of me doing this job. And exactly two years, 11 months later, I was back in LA. But to make that decision to leave a really well-paying, multiple six-figure year job, uh, health benefits beyond, 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 And also a tribe, you know, when you're working in TV that's live like that, you bond in a way that (laughs) most people don't understand. It's true. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that was a big risk. But I had some friends that I had met that were entrepreneurs, had a brand. It It was an organic sunless tanning lotion, and they were from San Francisco. I met them when I was at HSN. They were a couple, and they just said, Michelle, you've helped us so much behind the scenes. And you've helped other mega brands like Trish McAvoy and Lancome and You've helped them behind the scenes just improve their sales, improve their presentation. You could be a consultant. And I had never been an entrepreneur in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was just a permission slip that I allowed myself to put my faith in versus my fear of leaving what was comfortable, leaving what seemed secure and embracing the uncertainty, knowing that I will just say God had my back because I was being pulled in another direction. And I just had to put my faith there more than the fear of giving something up that was comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people are in that space right now. It is scary, but yet it's also exciting and you can just decide what it means for you. Mm. In 2017, you participated in a Tony Robbins seminar and you believe that that changed everything for you. What happened? I would love to be on a podcast where someone's done their homework. Thank you, Liz. You're welcome. (laughs) I had just landed... About a year earlier, my ultimate dream job from what I thought I knew then, 10 years before I even landed the Home Shopping Network, I had told many people that I know and love that my ultimate dream was to get on Extra. Of course, I didn't know that it would come in the realm of of a TV shopping segment, but that was the holy grail for me at that time. Full circle, here I am. I have my own shopping segment on Extra, and I'm working with the Mario Lopez and all the really fun host and crew over there at Universal Studios Hollywood. They had invited me to a holiday party. I had tickets to date with Destiny with Tony Robbins and 5,000 other people I didn't know. 
now you're closest friends. <laughs> exactly. That was a big fork in the road, though, making that decision because scarcity mindset would be like, no, you don't turn down that opportunity. There's no one outside of the main host roster that gets invited to these very family-esque holiday parties. You know, they've all been working together for 25 years and you have been invited in. But something else, the deeper sense of my knowing knew that I had to go mm -hmm. to date with destiny. So I go and I have one intention and it's Tony. Of course, we never talked, but this was in my mind. And it was, Tony, help me turn this one day a week shopping segment into a full-time opportunity on Extra. And there was already some conversation around me being a weekend correspondent, having some more segments. So I knew that it was well underway as a possibility. Mm -hmm. And by day five of that six-day event, I literally dropped to my knees. And all I can say is that I heard a voice that said, this is not your purpose. Television mm. is not it. You were made for something more. You're here to help serve and wake others up to their full potential. I'll never forget the moment. You know, I'm literally on my knees. The lights are flashing blue and red fluorescent. I hear the, the song Chandelier by Sia blasting in the arena with 5,000 other beautiful souls who are very awake as well. It was very intoxicating. And I couldn't mm. deny that that moment had happened. The next day, I was talking to someone that I had met at that event, and I said, here's what happened to me last night. And he said, start a podcast. And I was like, a podcast? <laughs> I, I thought that was reserved for celebrities and mega brands. And he was like, you need to have a podcast. And so that was the beginning. So in the meantime, I kept extra literally until December of 2020, so just last year. And it was a very part-time gig, but it allowed me the grace and the financial feasibility to pursue something that was different than anything I had ever experienced. And the rest is, is her story. <laughs> mm, I love that. You describe yourself now as a spiritual entrepreneur and a digital CEO, and you are helping so many people. You're helping thousands of people as a master business coach. What is your mission? And tell us a little bit about the work that you do to help people transform their lives. The mission that I'm on, it's twofold. It's to empower millions to be seen and heard and to awaken them to their full potential. So the spiritual entrepreneurship comes from everything that I do is under the realm of an epic spiritual transformation. The nature of my work is all around those two things that fit under one mission umbrella. One of our flagship containers, if you will, is something called the Podcast Accelerator. That's where it started for me. That's where I met other incredible souls. I ended up having business collaborations and friendships and speaking opportunities, all because of relationships built from my podcast. So when I realized that if my podcast could do that for me, then I imagine it could do that for others in each person's own unique way. So I approached my podcast producer and I said, what do you think? We'd be the only program in the world that's like a master mindset coaching along with podcast production. Maybe they don't even know what the idea of their, of their podcast concept would be, much less a title or their genre, but we would produce them all the way from ideation to being published on all the major pod players uh, by the end of the program. So to this day, we've produced uh, 128 beautiful souls into the world as a ripple effect. So my mission hmm. is in action. It's incredible to watch what happens to each student, each human as they're faced up against their edges of imposter syndrome. Who am I to do this? What is my voice sounds weird? I didn't know I sounded like that. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't have a momentous message. Could I just be me to help them go through every one of those moments in the program is pretty much what I live for. Then the two other programs are, I teach you how to create your first digital program so that you can begin to own your own economy, regardless of the times, something that might be your expertise or passion. And then you're launched within three months and it's out into the world. And then I teach my third program, which is because of all my experience uh, in live TV sales, how to sell whatever you've got, pitch authentically and naturally, utilizing live video. So whether it's in your stories or you know going live on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, um, how to sell that with the framework that I developed working at HSN and then the 10 years in TV shopping. Mm. With so many offerings, what is the most important thing that you tell your clients when you first begin to work with them? I remind them that it's okay to start new. A lot of the people that come into our programs may be very accomplished. Like I have coached and trained, you know, a U.S. US presidential candidate, a three-time Olympian, you know, gold medalist, Emmy Award television host, NFL football players. They each come up against the same thing. They don't want to be seen learning something new in front of anyone. Mm -hmm. That oftentimes stops most people from trying anything new past about 30 years of age. I just remind them to be humble enough to learn and to suck at it pretty much (laughs) until you get better because that's the way that it works. That's the way that it works, exactly. Whatever they're accomplished in right now, and it could be a stay-at-home mom. Did she know how to be a parent at whatever she's proud of in that parenting role in the beginning? No, it's an acquired skill that she learned over time and she's now mastered. And just like some of these other established entrepreneurs or thought leaders or known names that I've had the honor and privilege to work with, they didn't start there. So it's be willing to be humble enough to suck pretty much (laughs) until you get better. And we have to keep it that straight because if we can't speak right to the fear, right to the overwhelm, right to the places where they don't have that courage like they do in other areas, then we're going to lose them. And Mm -hmm. so when they know that we get them, we see them, we understand them, we were once like them. (laughs) That is a big talking piece that they know they're safe to learn. What I love about what you're doing, and certainly it's what I believe that I've been doing, is connecting the dots of all of our life experiences, Mm -hmm. the skills that we have. We've honed them over these years, and we're using them in new ways to help other people. For me, it's extremely gratifying, and I have to imagine you feel the same way. And who knew our TV skills would be so worth it in our next <laughs> right. chapters and so relevant, right? So true. Along with helping thousands of people, you talked about launching your own podcast. And this successful podcast is Fire and Soul. First of all, I love the title. And you describe your show as helping listeners claim sovereign leadership in life, love, and entrepreneurship. What does sovereign leadership mean? Sovereign for me is a supreme inner knowing. And this is why the spiritual entrepreneur title uh, has just been given to me over the years that I've been doing my work because what I empower others to uh, have faith in is that they know the answers. They know what they want. They know what they need. But oftentimes we're just so afraid to ask for it or to even acknowledge that it's there. And so we go along. And we comply and we play it safe and we don't speak up and we don't ruffle the feathers. And by the way, there's a time and place for all of that. I'm certainly not suggesting go in there and break it wide open (laughs) everywhere you can. But that's where sovereignty comes into the scene, because when we have a sense of who we are, 
And we are powerful beyond measure. You can take it back to the Marianne Williamson quote that I love so much, right? Our deepest fear is not that we are powerless. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm. It's such a good quote, yes. And a lot of us use that, but do we embody it? At the core of what I teach is learning to have those courageous conversations. And first, just acknowledging within yourself, what do you want? And Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins actually teaches something really cool. And he's like, and if you can't answer, what do you want? Then answer the next question. It's, well, what do you really want? (laughs) What do you really, really want? (laughs) It's one of the most powerful questions, but yet so many people don't even know how to answer that because we've never really thought that we could create outside the box that life has handed us. But yet when we do, we see the universe rewards that bravery. So sovereignty and courage and bravery, it's all a recipe for an epically fulfilling life. I love that. You are also a keynote speaker along with everything else that you're doing. And you've (laughs) written a wonderful book on gratitude called The Voice of Gratitude, Celebrating the Gift of Friendship. And yes, it is about gratitude, but it's also about friendship. Share with us the message of this book and what you hope readers will take away from reading it. Mm, Well, there's little nuggets within our friendships and within our, our personal intimate connections. And so it's just calling out the different points of why we love them and why we appreciate them. And what I learned a long time ago, no one person is supposed to be the end all be all. So how does this person light me up or bring me home or make me feel safe or make me feel seen? Where do I feel celebrated versus just simply tolerated? Where can I be my most authentic self? Not every friendship is going to fit under one realm of that title, but being able to see the gifts in each one of our friendships and then you weave it all together and you have this gorgeous tapestry of like, wow, I'm so blessed. I'm so loved. I'm so grateful. And so learning to call out each and every one of those and these really simple phrases with this beautiful butterfly that we created that for me has always been a really important spirit animal or totem around the metamorphosis of what it takes the caterpillar into the chrysalis and right into letting everything go, which is obviously a theme in this conversation, (laughs) in order to soar, in order to fly, recognizing so many of the beautiful gifts within my friendships. But also gratitude is my religion. It's something that's very easy for me. Believe me, I've got other issues where it's like patience, I could lean into more, right? Slowing down, being in the moment. It's just like, gosh, you know, so many of us are grateful for our friendships, but do we express it and then give that gift? And so a lot of people gave the book and would earmark their favorite little quote with a you know cute little effervescent butterfly. And it was a real honor to be able to see that book hit all the Gold Crown Hallmark stores in North America because I self-published and I went through a lot to make it happen. And so thank you for even reminding me about that little baby yes. book because it's been years. <laughs> Well, it's just another step of the most amazing things that you've done in your life. You've walked on fire. You've meditated (laughs) with the Dalai Lama. I mean, my goodness, not many people can say that they've done that. Well, that was a crazy story. My goodness. So I was on this spiritual trip for three weeks in Italy with Reverend Michael Beckwith of Agape International Center of Truth. Love him. Mary Morrissey, all these incredible spiritual thought leaders and I studied under Reverend Michael for 18 years, and I ran multiple ministries for him. I did a non-accredited degree with them. So it was definitely my spiritual sustenance for almost two decades. So we were on this three-week epic tour with all these other sort of like new thought churches around the nation. It was dedicated towards something that they were creating called the Peace Synthesis Dialogue. The intention was to create all the major organized religions and some of their heads, including the Dalai Lama and rabbis and priests. And it was just incredible. 
And we all gathered in the Pope's summer house just north of Rome in a little town called Castel Gandolfo. So here we are in the Pope's summer house. It was this beautiful theater and the Dalai Lama was on stage and there was this incredible flutist who was playing this music and we all got to meditate together and really start to envision this world with global peace and understanding and respecting all of the religions and that we're all one. And so, yes, I got to laugh and meditate and pray and dance and sing with the Dalai Lama and 200 other beautiful souls that gathered for that extraordinary event. That is extraordinary. That's, <laughs> that's the only word I have for it. It wow. really was. It's one of those, I can't believe that happened. Amazing. As you think back, Michelle, to that little five-year-old girl, to where you are as the woman today, what do you think your life would look like without this journey? Honestly, I would still be worried and scared and paranoid that, A, I could lose my job at any time, especially what we're seeing in the world right now. It's a very real yeah. thing Yeah. in TV, especially if you're on like a national entertainment news show. This just sounds so crazy, but this was a thought. Do I look fashionable enough? Am I thin enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I young enough? <laughs> Am I young enough? You got it. Do they like me? Do they really like me? So, and then, you know, overcompensating for that. I dismantled some of those beliefs in my last three years on the show. And I came in with a strong sense of who I am, which I think is what allowed me to go into my real purpose with more confidence and certainty. But I definitely know that I wouldn't have a sense of that I'm on the right track and that my life does have meaning and that I'm doing the best that I can before it would have been, it's all dependent on whether or not I get renewed and my contract gets extended. All of my self-respect, self-love would be dependent on some external factor versus mm -hmm. me coming home to me. Beautifully said. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about Michelle, her podcast, Fire and Soul, and her book, go to michelle-soro.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E hyphen S-O-R-R-O dot com. Michelle, I am so glad that one of my other podcast guests, Darlene Whitehurst from Goal Friends, introduced us because you have shared with us today so much of your true, authentic self and showing everyone that we truly can transform our lives if we're willing to give ourselves permission. Thank you so much. Oh, you couldn't have said it better. And I love Darlene so much. And I'm grateful she connected us. Thank you so much for having me on, Liz. And thank you for tuning in, folks. I invite you to subscribe, share this podcast with your friends and family. And yes, please write a review. I love to hear from you. And may all of my guest stories inspire you to take a chance on transforming your life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.